What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Day two of the rest of our lives. Eagle season over and done with. The divisional round in the rearview mirror. Looking ahead to championship Sunday next week. We got plenty of football, mostly Eagle related for you here on Birds 365 on the Jacob Media YouTube channel. Johnny Max, you Zooming with anybody today? Uh, Not that I know of as of, you know, but things are fluid. Things are always fluid. Who knows? You get a head coach named. It's the right head coach. You find yourself on Zoom. Who knows in the in the NFL? You never really know. You got to have the ability to sit down and hit that Zoom button on a computer on a day-in, day-out basis. <laughs> but nothing scheduled as of right now. And uh, since we went there first, why don't we continue on? Jonathan Gannon finds out yesterday he's not going to be the next Denver Bronco coach. A whole bunch of guys found that out. They've cut down their list to three. And shockingly... The offensive coordinator of the Green Bay Packers, one of the final three. Oh, don't kid yourself. He is the leader in the clubhouse. Yeah, he uh, got the jet, by the way. We talked about it. He got the, the jet uh, bringing him in. Wade Phillips, we mentioned last week. If you get the jet, you get the job. That's what <laughs> so after the Packers were eliminated, the jet went out to uh, Green Bay. Uh, yeah, I will t- Zoom. There's that word again. Zoom meetings last week while prepping for the playoffs. He did get a chance to talk to some other teams as well. This is the first chance to get out, and I'm not surprised he makes Denver his first selection because uh, smart guys know that the Broncos may just be a player in the Aaron uh, Rodgers market. Uh, So uh, Jonathan Gannon is not going to get that gig, but he's still being heavily mentioned in Houston. I I looked this up yesterday, John, and I went back and looked it up again this morning. Uh, and that job seems to be the one that at least one segment of what is now considered the media, or at least I considered the media. Maybe you tell me, what are you talking about, Jody? Um, there are wagering sites that you can go and bet on who gets all these jobs. And a bunch of them have numbers on those positions. And that job seems to be the weirdest one. The guys who haven't even had interviews with the team yet are still 
the the top first, second, or third choice there. Uh, but some people think that Jonathan Gannon has as good a shot there as anybody else. Um, if if that's the case, since JG's your bud, and he calls you by your first name, and you know I chide <laughs> you about this all the time, uh, and I'm poking a little fun here. Uh, if he called Johnny Mac, you, you get your phone today, it rings, goes, JG, really? Ooh, JG's called me. And he said, do I really want to take this job? Because some guys get that shot. They're anxious to jump at it, and they do a poor job, and they have no success whatsoever, and they never get back on that coaching carousel and get a second chance. If JG asked you, would you tell him, yeah, you got to take the job? Uh, yeah, I would advise him to take the job. Um, he's not getting, as you mentioned, the Denver job. He's not getting the Minnesota job. And that's the other one he interviewed for because they just have too much. They got to move off the, the Zimmer type stink or whatever you want to call it. Um, and unfortunately, he's a part of it. So everything is about sort of timing and circumstance and in the old adage and it's true there's only 32 of these things and you know similar to nick sirianni last year you're getting one interview well you, you nick sirianni could have came into that job and said this is a mess i mean this is an absolute the quarterback hates the organization uh the gm is overbearing the owners overbearing he could have said you know what i'm gonna wait <clears throat> now if you get that opportunity, as bad as it looks to the people on the outside, if you're if you're a leader, if you have confidence in yourself, you can you can rebuild an organization, you can structure, and then in the end, you look even better as as what happened to Nick Sirianni than you did before. So I would always advocate taking the job, even the Houston Texans job. Now, if you have other options. If Minnesota was still, you know, but he knows, he knows they're not going to go down that route. So um, if you have one chance, you take it. Uh, if you have other options, you can weigh. But he's not in that type of situation yet uh, in his career. And then also, if worst case scenario, and believe me, he does not think like this. I can tell you that 100% because he's not thinking pessimistically. But worst case scenario, if somebody wants to bring it up to him and say, you're still a really young guy, you can rebuild this and get another chance down the road. So um, I don't see any downside from his perspective. And yeah, you be where your feet are, JG. Jump in that pool, man. Jump that's where that that's where I was going to go. Um, I It harkens back to a conversation I once had and I was shocked by how strident the individual was when I asked him the question. I was on the field at Yankee Stadium before a Yankee game years and years and years ago, um, and the team was taking batting practice, and one of the Yankees coaches was Lee Mazzilli, who uh, I had known from his Mets playing days, and he was coaching on the Yankees at the time, and it was late in the season, September, uh, closing in on the Yankees going to the playoffs. Of course, they always went to the playoffs, and I got Lee's aside for a second. I said, listen, know your name has been tied to the Tampa Rays. Now, this is the Rays of the 90s, yeah. not the Rays of today, who find ways to make the playoffs every year, despite having the lowest payroll or next to lowest payroll in baseball. They were a wasteland at that point. They were never in the mix or whatever. 
and his name had been kicked around. They had already fired their manager. They had an interim guy to finish out the year. And I said, if they offer you that job, you're not going to take that, are you? And he said, of course I'm going to take it. I said, they're terrible. You you really want to go there and manage for two years and watch your managerial career go by the board? He goes, Jody, there's 30 stinking jobs. When somebody offers you one of them, you say yes. yes. You don't take the chance that you say no, and then no one ever comes knocking again and offers you a job. And I understand where it's coming from. It made a lot of sense. But you can look at the other side of that coin if you believe in yourself. If you young enough, and Gannon certainly fits that description, and you have uber confidence in yourself, well, I'll just go out and do what I did again that got me in the mix this this year. I'll do it again next year, and yeah, maybe a better position comes along. And you get to join a team that's uh, further along in their development, and you jump in and take them to higher heights. Well, now you've got something on your resume that shows you're a winner <laughs> rather than two or three bad years and you're out the door. Um, I, I saw it from both perspectives, and uh, and a lot of times it comes right out of your hands because if they don't offer you the job, well, then you can't turn it down. But you can campaign harder for one more so than the other. Yeah, I don't know about that Houston Texans job. Uh, if, if Gannon goes down there, he could be a two-and-done. We're seeing a lot of that around the league this year. Guys who only get two years and then see you later, bye. Yeah, you get run out. Well, you're court. right, but that's where you mentioned, you know, if you believe in yourself. I mean, this is if he's not the most optimistic guy in the world, he's close. I mean, he believes in himself. So, you know, it's it for me, I, I agree with you. You know, I'm the type that's gonna go, well, you know, this is a bad organization. I'm gonna look bad. He just doesn't think that way. I mean, there are certain people that just don't think that way. And he thinks, um, and, and, and it usually helps them in, a, in their careers. And I'd rather be like that. I'd rather be eternally optimistic and, you know, uh, believing that you can do something that other people believe they can't do. Gen generally, that works out well. Now, I, I think the better example, and you bring up a good one with Lee there, is the NBA and the tanking and Brett Brown. I would not take that job because you, and, and Brett, by the way, lasted longer than anybody else in that type of situation. So I give him a ton of credit, but you know, from the history of the NBA, I, for some reason, I always go back to Tim Floyd because he was such a hot college coach at the time. And he took a tanking job, and it was it was it was as ugly as ugly can be. And he was never the same. He was always looked upon as just uh, a loser. And and you never make it past there. And ultimately, Brett didn't make it to the end because nobody makes it to the end. But he made it as far as anybody. And look at where's Brett Brown? Anybody see Brett Brown? Anybody hear from Brett Brown? Anybody notice Brett Brown? Where the hell is he? Nobody even considers him for anything. Now, maybe that changes. Maybe he gets another job because he can at least spin things. So oh, I came back. I, I had a good team at the end. But you never hear. You never hear from the poor guy. He's never. Have you? I mean, I'm, I'm too immersed in the NFL. I've you, heard you, absolutely you, nothing. And I yeah. did inquire, I would say, oh, three or four months ago. It was after the start of the season, but not much after. And I asked a guy, a guy that I know that uh, follows all that stuff. And I, anybody mentioned nothing. No, yeah. I don't, don't know where Brett is. 
He <clears throat> could be up in Maine. He could be out in Australia. My guy had no idea where he was, and he said he has not heard his name mentioned anywhere. Yeah, I, I, any, I, forget about a head coaching job, a just a job in the NBA. Yeah, give me a whisper. Same thing happened to Sam Hinkie. I mean, he's got this legion of fans as an executive, and 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 not a sniff, not a sniff of a, of another job in the NBA because you're stained by it. Um, so there are both sides of the coin. But I don't think the NFL is like that. It's worse than it And I would say, if you're going to list the 32 situations, probably Houston is 32 right now because of the quarterback situation, obviously, and Deshaun Watson and the executive situation. Right. That's but why I asked the question. It's not as bad as, as, as the NBA, as a tanking team in the NBA. You, you see it every year in this league, worst to first. If Davis Mills turns into a player, and there were signs – there were signs to David Davis Mills. I'm not going to go overboard. He had a couple good games, but he also had some not ready for. Yeah, yeah. I'm not, that's what I said. I'm not going to go overboard. But if he turns the corner, turns into a player, I mean, bang, it's turned around just like that. Just like that. You can do that in the NFL. You can't do that in other sports. I asked you this yesterday, JG, and you said, you got to ask me this question when we got more time to talk about it. Well, we got eight minutes here before Jimmy Kemsky is scheduled to join us as our first guest here on Birds 365. I compared Gannon and the fact that he is legitimately in the mix for the Texans job. And it doesn't seem like Doug Peterson is in the mix for any of these jobs. Had Sorry. interviews, had a lot of interviews. Apparently he didn't wow anybody in any of these interviews. And I told you I went to this website that listed the candidates and the betting odds in order of all the teams that have coaching openings. And as of now, the eight teams that had it in at the end of the season, still we have eight openings. Nobody's hired their head coach yet. Um, Doug's in the top two or three in most of them, but he's not number one in any of them. He's second. He's there. And they're trying to take advantage of people there. They're trying to take advantage of people not paying attention because he's not on the forefront of anybody's mind right now. Which is, and that's what I was saying yesterday. It is bizarre. Um, I, I, you know, everybody, one of my problems with the NFL, you have a list every year, Jody, and everybody works off the same list. And the same core group gets interviewed by everybody, or, or you want to interview everybody. Except you, Nick Sirianni. No, and that's what I was getting to. And then when you don't get, you know, people say the Eagles are bright, the Eagles are smart, the Eagles get it. You know, part of that is true. Part of that is true. And I want people to listen to this very clearly for those who, you know, it, it's half of the people think I love the Eagles, half of the people think I hate the Eagles. Go back to 2016. The Eagles wanted to hire Adam Gase. Period. End of sentence. He wanted too much personnel control. He wanted control. They weren't about to give it up. After going what they went through with Chip Kelly, uh, they let him out of the building. He went down to Miami. Uh, he took the job in Miami, location, um, weather, taxes, all that stuff, more power. Then they wanted Ben McAdoo. I was going to say their second choice. Ben McAdoo was on his way. Legend Jimmy Kemsky could probably tell you this story when he jumps on. On his way to the NovaCare complex, they were going to offer him the job. They had a welcome basket. 
Welcome, coach, new coach of the Philadelphia Eagles. The Giants convinced him to turn around, and the rest is history. Then he, some will argue, and I'm not in this camp because I've been that the Eagles even went to Tom Coughlin after that. They certainly talked to him. I don't believe they were ready to offer him the job. Either way, Doug Peterson was either number three or number four. Now, last uh, last year was a little bit different because, remember, the Eagles started late. They got the uh, party in the process. late, right. Um, and, and Doug was going to come back until he stood his ground on Press Taylor, Matt Burke, Corey Unlin. You know the story. And then all of a sudden, Jeffrey said, nope, all right, you're fired. So they got started late, but they wanted to hire, they wanted to interview the same stinking people. They actually got an Arthur Smith interview. They actually got a Robert Sala interview. Brandon Staley turned them down, but they scheduled that interview. And then he was, they were all farther along. You know, Sala had pretty much knew he was getting the Jets job. Smith knew he was getting the Falcons job. Staley knew he was getting the Chargers job. They started too late. They had the same stinking list as everybody else. Only when they were forced to did they go off the list. And they wanted to hire Josh McDaniels, by the way. And he was kind of on the list, but off the list because of his previous history and what he did to the Colts and his first coaching stint. And and this is where Jeffrey was, was smart in that he um, realized no matter what Josh McDaniels and Howie Roseman say to his face today, he knew it wasn't going to last. So he was just going to keep interviewing people, interviewing people till he liked somebody, and that's how they got to Nick Sirianni. It wasn't like the Eagles identified Nick Sirianni and seized Nick Sirianni. No, they wanted Robert Sala, Arthur Smith, Brandon Staley, same stupid hot candidates, everybody. No, <laughs> that's probably too harsh. They might turn out to be good coaches. I don't know. I have no idea. But everybody works off the same list every year. And it's a group thing, and it's a problem in the NFL. And for whatever reason, they think hot candidates like Nathan Hackett, Nathaniel Hackett is one of them. You, you've seen the names that interview everywhere. They're better than a proven guy. I don't know. I don't get it. I don't understand it. So let me put this to you, and you may know something. If you do, I expect you to share. If you don't. Just tell me so. A lot of times, and this is what I've found out over the years, you're, this is your gig, uh, 365, so you might know better than me. When you get that list and you start to do your research on it, a lot of it is what you're going to find out from other people you trust around the league. And when it comes down to owners making those calls, they call other owners. The owner doesn't go back and talk to a guy's coach from fellow coach from three jobs ago back on the collegiate level to find out something about. No, he's going to call the owner of the team that the guy is presently an assistant coach for. So if someone's looking for information on Doug Peterson, chances are that's going to be a call from owner to owner to Jeff Lurie. Do you think Lurie is not giving Doug the seal of approval that either deserves or earned or use whatever phrase you want to use to describe it. Do you think Lori's hurting Peterson's chances? <clears throat> I, uh, I, I don't think he would do that actively uh, now. I think by the way they acted last year, they heard it. They heard his reputation a little bit. Um, 
you know, trying to spin why they were moving on from a Super Bowl. I don't think they did it maliciously is what I'm trying to say. But they're trying to give their sin because uh, their spin because it doesn't make sense to move on from the only Super Bowl winning coach in, a, in franchise history in three right. years. So they're trying to spin it as the best they could. And you heard the coaching staff stuff, which I fleshed out on the show, is absolutely absurd. You, you heard the personnel stuff. Oh, we didn't want Jalen Rager. The coaching staff wanted Jalen Rager. And I think that kind of stuff hurt him. But I don't think it was done maliciously. I don't think he's trying to, to stop him from getting another job. But it hurt. It hurt. So I do think that's part of it. Right. But if a call comes in this year during this no, I don't opening hire, you think harsh. Jeff Lurie's giving no. him a half-hearted recommendation? Hey, hey, it was just time for us to move on. But we yeah, love I the think guy it's that. I think he won us a Super Bowl. Great guy. Um, the, and the damage was already done. But I don't think he would be backhanding and trying to keep Doug out of the league. I don't, I don't believe that. He isn't seeming to getting any tread in any of these interviews. Uh, yeah, he's not. And I can't, I can't explain it. Nor can I. And I thought Doug uh, would walk away with one of these eight jobs, and it doesn't look like that's the case right now. All right, uh, we got off on a coaching tangent. That's cool. Uh, we do want to return to the playoffs, the best weekend in the history of the NFL. This past weekend, look ahead to championship weekend. And yes, the hometown football team. We got some Eagle stuff we can sink our teeth into. We'll do just that with our first guest today from phillyvoice.com, Jimmy Kemsky, scheduled to jump aboard Birds 365. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the memories. Go for the view that goes on forever. Go for the bubbles in your bathtub and in your drink. Go to bed whenever you want. Or don't. Go for him. Go for her. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. You know you like being right. That's why you should enroll in an Independence Blue Cross plan. It's the health plan chosen by more people than any other. With more doctors and hospitals. More benefits that really rock. More of the coverage you want for the right price, including free doctor visits 24-7. It's a choice you can feel good about. Because when you're right, you're right. And when you've got Independence Blue Cross, you're right where you need to be. Call 1-844-200-2583 today to get an Independence Blue Cross plan.
field of life, First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Edition. There are some teams still playing in the postseason, and we'll touch on that and the birds with our next guest. He writes about them all the time in phillyvoice.com. He's a part of the Mafia, one of my hometown guys. Jimmy Kevsky with us here on Birds 365. JK, how's your offseason going? It's uh, the first week or so after the season ends is still very busy, typically. But uh, I think like once we get another week or two out, it's smooth sailing from there. How you doing? <laughs> uh, we're doing good, Jimmy. I I don't know about smooth sailing, but yeah, I hear <laughs> right. what you're saying. Smoother sailing. Smoother, ah, smoother sailing. Um, so let's start with the weekend because I want to get your thoughts. And everybody jumped in, and you know, after watching uh, that, especially Sunday night, the, sure. the the highlight to it all, and people are saying, "Wow." Uh, the Eagles probably aren't that close. Is that how you framed it? Or is everybody just overreacting to a great game and sort of recency bias? Yeah, it's a great question. I do think that you look at the quarterback position and I think they're pretty far away from what Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen are, you know, are bringing to the table. You look at the NFC though, and you have a couple of teams that are, I think like pretty relevant to the Eagles conversation with the Rams having traded for Matthew Stafford, they give up a, a you know Goff and a couple first round picks. Yeah. They bring him in, and they're in the NFC Championship game. And then you have on the other side of the coin, you know, people that want to make the argument: well, maybe you don't really need a good quarterback to be successful in the NFL, which is sort of a, a, a stance that I couldn't disagree with more. But that's that you know idea is sort of emboldened by Jimmy Garoppolo ending up in the NFC championship game with, with the San Francisco 49ers here. So uh, it's sort of an interesting look at, at, at those two teams competing to get into the Super Bowl from those two aspects. Uh, but yeah, like you said, in the, uh, in the AFC, you have teams like, you know, the Bengals under Joe Burrow and you have that, that great game that, that you mentioned with, with uh, Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes. And I don't think the Eagles offense is really uh, close at all to those two teams. I, I, I at the same time, uh, I do sort of agree that, um, it is recency bias and that game was so far out of control Yeah, and just the, the level of talent and the, the level of playmaking in that game really just is sort of um, I don't want to call it an anomaly because those guys are capable of doing that, but it is sort of an extreme example of, of sort of the standard that you want to hold yourself up to. Uh, I'm going to go anomaly at least a little bit on yeah. one of the two quarterbacks and that's Josh Allen. I okay. know that, the week before against the Patriots, he'd been like as good as he was on Sunday. Yeah. So he had back-to-back just unbelievably great playoff games. But for the regular season, he was good. He wasn't in the MVP conversation this year. He actually, you can make an argument, took a slight step back from his third season in the league. And I comped out the numbers in their second year between Josh Allen and uh, Jalen Hurts, and they're pretty damn similar even this year, Josh Allen, and I use quarterback rating, and I know there are a lot of people that have different metrics that they use. There's no perfect one. We can all agree to that. I think quarterback rating or passer rating is the best of a bad lot. 
was 16th in the NFL. Jalen Hurts was 22. There's not that big a difference of them between them in the regular season. Now, Allen had the two postseason games he had, and Jalen had the postseason game he had, but I'll kind of chalk that one up for uh, experience. If you look at Josh Allen, it, there is zero chance that Jalen Hurts can get into his neighborhood at some point during his career. Zero chance. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> zero chance. Because you just, I mean, the stats, I, I, I get that, like, they tell kind of one story. But when you just look at those two players, when you, you, you contrast their their physical abilities, I don't think there's really any comparison at all between a guy like Josh Allen and, and Jalen Hurts. The arm talent that Josh that Josh Allen has is just so far superior yeah, tell me to, to Hurts. I mean, it's just not even close. And then Allen is, CFP you know, he's, he's a former what? That. If not, uh, we'll let him drop and. No, oh, we got. I, okay. I can hear you, Jimmy. Okay, that must be a Jody issue. Keep going. So he's, you know, the eighth overall pick a few years back, and and I think that everyone kind of knew that he would be a guy that might take a little while to to sort of become the quarterback that he is now. I don't think anyone expected that he'd be as good <laughs> right now as, yeah. as as he is. Uh, but you know, he you drafted him. The Bills drafted him on on the on you know on the premise that he's six five. He's two hundred and forty pounds. He can run, and he's got one of the best arms in the NFL. So. Uh, you know, you look at a guy like Jalen Hurts who has, you know, some nice positive traits and leadership yeah. ability and tangibles. He can run a little bit. But as far as just a from physical ability, he is not anywhere near the same level as Josh Allen, in my opinion. Yeah, I'm on the same page as you with that, Jimmy. And I also add into this because of the, the mobility factor. And you just mentioned Josh Allen's size and at 6'5", 240, my closest comparison physically would be cam newton sure that he can take sort of punishment but even that he's going to get hurt if he continues to play the way he's playing and i think we said that about jalen hurts this year and people think you're you're talking about season ending injuries torn acls but you saw when he got hurt against the new york giants with the sprained ankle had to completely change his game without the mobility uh in it, and by the way, I think the silver lining and helped Jalen a little bit develop as a passer. But long term, it's hard for me to imagine either of these quarterbacks stay healthy for that. Everybody talks about that. We need the quarterback for a decade. Well, if you play like that, you're not <laughs> going to be there for a decade, at least at that level. Fair, yeah. yeah you have guys that, that run a lot, but they get down, like Russell Wilson didn't miss a game in his career until this year because he didn't take many shots when he ran. He was able to get, you know, slide and get down. Josh Allen is a horse. He will try yeah. to run through you as opposed to trying to slide and, and avoid you. And Jalen Hurts is kind of a mix of those two things. I think like he'll, he'll get hard yards when he has to, but he did a good job, you know, throughout most of the season, I thought in, in getting down. But the point that you make is a great one in that it's like durability. Isn't just, can you play or not? In the case of Jalen Hurts, where you know he had that ankle injury, he was less effective as a runner, thus sort of sapping him of you know what his appeal is as, as a quarterback. So it's not just you know can you play or can you not play. It's can you sort of alter your game and be something that you're maybe not as good at if you know your best attribute is taken away from you. Do you think? And certainly Jalen ran less than he had up until that point where he turned his ankle. Do you think it was because he realized running was not going to be as productive as it had been? Do you think it was Nick Sirianni's play calling that, hey, we're just not going to call a play for him? Because 
you have designated runs. Jalen had them early in the year. I think Allen had at least five of them in the first half against Kansas City on Sunday. It's a planned quarterback's taking off, going to make a play with his legs call. I think he was a lot less of those afterwards. You think that was Sirianni making that call or just Jalen Hurts judging, I can't do this because I'm just not up to it. I want to give my team the best chance to make a play. So he threw it rather than ran it. Yeah, probably a mix of the two because they didn't completely stop uh, calling, you know, run plays that would like, you know, the, the read option type plays where they didn't, and the, the, uh, the RPOs, they didn't stop calling those completely. So Jalen still could, you know, run on some of those plays, <laughs> but uh, I think they did call less of them. And uh, I think that uh, Hertz was, I think a little bit less willing to, to run with the ball uh, late in the season when he was dealing with the, those ankles. Some games like he looked fine to me and then other games in the second half, he would look a little gimpy ish like <laughs> coming out of those games. So, uh, and then, of course, and after the the final, uh, you know, the playoff game, he, he comes into the press conference wearing the walking boot. Uh, I don't know how often he wore that during the season, but that was the first time I think that we saw it in person. But yeah, I mean, I, I think that uh, uh, certainly during you know during the the last four, five, six games, whatever it was uh, during the regular season, we we you know he was limited certainly by that ankle injury. And and again, going back to John's point, you know, it's it 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 definitely affected um, you know his. Uh, effectiveness really uh, as, as a quarterback during those last, you know, half dozen games. All right. Bigger picture, Jimmy, I want to talk to you about how the Eagles will look at that weekend of football and people argued, Hey, maybe getting in as the seven seed wasn't the best thing. If you start to think <laughs> right. you're a little bit closer, a little bit bulls gold. On the other hand, if you start thinking, we talked a little bit about numbers, Jody, talking about passer rating. Well, the Eagles had more explosive plays, they will tell you, than anybody in football. More <laughs> explosive plays somehow because of a weird, unique offense with running game and, you know, they consider whatever it is, 15 yards, an explosive run. Right. It all comes down to defining explosive yeah. play, doesn't but it? They don't look, but they don't look like the Kansas City <laughs> no. Chiefs. So no. how does – do they overreact? Do they say, oh, we we – you know, nobody's under oath in a press conference. They said, we're going to move forward with Jalen Hurts, but if, if other avenues open, they can go down that direction. Is there any overreaction to what happened over the weekend as far as, oh, we got we to gotta move in a different direction? Maybe. Um, I was So the, the one thing that, that struck me during, and this is nothing new from Howie, but the one thing, the one answer that he gave that, that I thought was interesting was um, – he said, you know, we don't want to just be getting into the playoffs. We want to be getting, you know, the first round by in the playoffs. And that's nothing. No, he's said that before. I, yeah. I, I think he either said it before the year they actually did get the number one seed or, or after whatever, whenever it was. Uh, but that's a great point. Like you, you want to, you want to get these home games in the playoffs. And if he can, you know, get that first round by in the one seed and to do that, I think you have to have, you know, an elite back. So Howie, uh, and and were very emphatic that uh, Jalen Hurts was their starter in 2022. Uh, more emphatic than I thought they needed to be. Uh, I don't know if that was sort of by design or not, but uh, I, I don't think that they're going to sort of turn um, turn their nose up at you know any potential uh, uh, opportunities to acquire an elite type of or near elite type of quarterback like a Russell Wilson, for example. Uh, if uh, if a reasonable uh, deal you know pr- sort of presents itself. Um, but in terms of overreaction to, you know, the events of, of this past weekend, um, I think it really more than anything just sort of reinforces 
the the importance of uh, of the of, of the quarterback position in the NFL because if you have one, you have a chance, and if you don't, then you really have to you know win. You block a punt. You got to block weird field ways, you gotta, yeah. <laughs> right? Exactly, yeah. and and you, yeah. you have to have like a stellar defense, which yeah. which they don't have right now. So I, I think that the the easiest path or the the quickest path uh, to becoming closer to those teams is to acquire a, a top level quarterback like that and then hope that you can build around him over time. Jimmy, I uh, saw yesterday on your site, phillyvoice.com, your three free agents who make sense for the Eagles version one. Now, we've got about uh, three and a half weeks before free agency kicks in, so we'll be waiting on version two and three and four and five and six. And I do like the way you did it. You didn't just move to the top. The (laughs) highest-ranking guys that are going to make the most money at – Positions Eagles definitely had needs. You just said, eh, these are guys that, hey, if they end up with the Eagles, I'd see a nice fit there. How did you come up with the three guys that you decided to put into version one? Yeah, I was looking for like medium priced type of players. You know, I wasn't going Devontae Adams, of course. Uh, but yeah, I, th- I think this year they're going to be, you know, more uh, active in free agency than they were a year ago when they were in cap hell. And, um, you know, I think that the one position that I think makes the most sense for them in, in free agency this year, maybe not the most sense, but makes a lot of sense is wide receiver. And you look at the big swings that teams have taken in free agency at wide receiver over the last decade or so. And it's ugly. Like, I mean, these teams pay a lot of money for wide receivers and it doesn't go well. So I think that the smart thing to do is sort of go after, you know, sort of these mid tier receivers that aren't going to kill you. Financial, I think like, like Alshon Jeffrey, when they were able to get him for what, seven or eight million or yeah. for one year or whatever one it was year. when they signed him in, I guess it was 2016. Um, they, he was a good signing 2017, for 2017. He guaranteed the Super oh, Bowl. Oh, right. Everybody that's laughed right. at him. That's right. And, that's he, right. Go, and he went out and won the Super Bowl. <laughs> so, yeah, I think if you can get a guy like that around that price point, that makes a lot of sense. And the guy that I sort of landed on was DJ Chark from the uh, Jaguars. Of course, the Eagles have a connection there with uh, Dave Caldwell, uh, who joined their, their, per, their front office staff. Uh, they, after he joined their staff in May, they traded for Gardner Minshew. They traded for a cornerback and Josiah Scott, uh, who both came from the Jaguars. So uh, I think he's already had a little bit of an influence in terms of uh, their, their acquisitions. And Chark makes sense to me because he's got some speed. He's six, yeah. four. So he's got some size that their other receivers don't have uh, made the pro bowl a couple years ago. Uh, in I believe it was 2019 and 2020, his numbers suffered a little bit because his, his quarterbacks went from Minshew to a guy named Jake Luton to <laughs> Mike Glennon, and he still put up over 800 yards. So he's, he's still produced anyway. Last year, uh, he, this year rather, he he broke his ankle, only played in four games. So I think he's sort of like an under the radar kind of guy that that you can get for a reasonable price and can perform. So he was that. It was my guy for that. And then Rashad Penny, the uh, the running back from from the Seahawks, I think makes some sense. Again, another guy that's just been killed by injuries over the course of his career. Yeah. You look at his last five games of this year. He had like over six hundred and fifty yards. Very great. quietly, nobody noticed yeah. because the Seahawks were their their season was in the toilet at that point. But he like. Totally blew up at the end of the year. The Eagles yeah. had him in for a pre-draft visit uh, back in 2018 when when he was coming out in the draft. So I think he's a guy that that makes sense as a power runner who can maybe allow you to get more young, a little younger and more explosive than what you have in in a guy like Jordan Howard. And then the third guy was um, uh, Uchana Nuoso uh, from from the Chargers. That's maybe a little bit of a higher swing. Like he's not going to be 
you know, he's not going to be low priced. You're going to have to shell out some money for him, but the Eagles need pass rusher help. And he's not your typical, you know, uh, pain in the dirt defensive end, but he is a guy that can play that Sam position and would be an upgrade in my opinion on a guy like Gennard Avery in terms of uh, pass rushing ability, coverage ability and against the run. So I think if you bring in a guy like that, then you either that position becomes a lot more important in your defense. And of course that's sort of dependent on whether Jonathan Gannon returns <laughs> as the Eagles defensive coordinator. Uh, but, but if he does, then that's a guy that's, you know, tailor made for that Sam spot. I do want to get into you with JG a little bit, but before I yep. do, because the most interesting one to me was Rashad Penny, but for a different reason, because Miles Sanders is one of those guys mm-hmm. where he's eligible for an extension. Now we know the Eagles don't want to pay big money on a second contract or running back. He's been banged up. He had, he had the ankle. He had the quad. People forget the quad. Then he had the broken hand this year. The numbers are still great. Five and a half yards per carry. Still not a great pass receiver. Still not a great pass protector. That, it, Miles Sanders is a tough decision for this particular team. So is Rashad, somebody like Rashad Penny thinking about 2023 as well and maybe letting Miles Sanders walk away from this organization? Because they don't value the position from a financial, nor should they, by the way. Yeah, they've been smart about that position uh, in terms of not reach, you know, not drafting them super high in, in the draft or, or, or shelling out a lot of money. Uh, for that position. But like you said, like Miles Sanders, you look at his numbers and, and like yards per carry, they, they look great. But when you watch the games, he kind of yeah. like leaves you wanting more. Like yeah. you, you miss that hole. You kind of dance in the backfield instead of minimizing the damage on this play, et cetera. And uh, I, I think that, uh, I think that when you saw the success of a guy like Jordan Howard, when he got his opportunities this year, you saw that it's really not that hard to be an effective running back behind this offensive line. And I think that like, you know, they, they can almost kind of do better than, than Miles Sanders. With the fact that as of now, they're staying put with the quarterback they have, but I love John's phrase of they weren't under oath. They can change their mind. <laughs> right. Do they need to make that decision first? They're having meetings right now. McMullen, McDonald and Kemsky are meeting on the Eagles and free agency and like, and Eagles are doing the same exact thing. But are you making these decisions dependent upon what you're going to do at the quarterback position? I always think you start a quarterback and then you move through everything else in the team. They do have to try and lay out a game plan for this offseason. And at least they're telling us as of now, right now, Hurts is the guy. Are they going to stick that? Or is there a plan B? All right, here's Hurts and everything we got to do. Here's Russell Wilson and everything we got to do. Here's quarterback C and everything else. How do they get prepped and ready to go for free agency, which is now less than four weeks away. Yeah, it's a great question. And it's hard to do because in order to get a veteran quarterback, if that's what you're interested in, it takes two to tango. You have to have a, a another team cooperating with you and willing to trade you their quarterback and, and not taking the entirety of your franchise to, to be able to do that. And then if you like a guy in the draft, you're sitting there at picks 15, 16 and 19. There's no guarantee that, you know, you can go up and, and I mean, you have the ammo to do it, I guess, but uh, there, there's there's no guarantee that you're going to find a team willing to do to do a reasonable deal for you to move up for, for that kind of guy. So it's hard to formulate a game plan 
uh, an offseason game plan on the premise that you're going to trade for a quarterback or you're going to draft a quarterback because you don't know whether you can get those guys or not. So they're in kind of a weird situation where if they stick with the guy that they have in place now, you know, theoretically they're going to be running a run heavy offense in 2022, like they did in 2021. Whereas if they go after a different quarterback, like a Russell Wilson or a Kenny Pickett in the draft or whatever it may be, then you're going to probably want to run an offense more, you know, like the one that we saw early in the season that they faltered when they tried to run. So kind of tough to really yeah. formulate an offensive game plan until you have that piece in place. And I imagine that one way or the other, they'll be eager to figure that out uh, before, you know, free agency kind of gets going. All right, Jimmy coaching carousel point of the broadcast. We'll start with a current Eagles coach and a former Eagles coach. Cause I want to get your thoughts on both Jonathan Gannon and Doug Peterson. It looks like JG is out. Uh, when it comes to the Denver Broncos, they're down to three finalists. Minnesota's not going to hire him because they just got rid of Mike Zimmer. And the last thing they want is somebody with <laughs> a connection to Mike Zimmer. So <laughs> right. it's probably Houston or bus for JG. There was a lot of whispers like speeding up late last week, but nothing early this week. Where do you think JG is with the Houston Texans? And then why in the heck does nobody in this league want Doug Peterson? Yeah, the Doug Peterson question is is really interesting because he got a bunch of interviews like right off the bat. And then seemingly there was no interest after because there was no buzz after after he had those interviews. Like it went well, it didn't go well. You just didn't hear anything about it anymore. And you're not hearing anything about him in like the last week or so. So I don't know that he's getting a job this this hiring cycle. Uh, and if he doesn't get a job this hiring cycle, when's he going to get one? So yeah, really really interesting that that a guy who just won a Super Bowl and won a Super Bowl, he was a big reason why they won a Super Bowl. Kind of yeah. crazy that uh, that 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 uh, he can't get another. Not job. only that, he JG. changed the whole league, Jimmy, with with these <laughs> yes. uber aggressive. And Ryan Paganetti yes. will tell you it's like we we did this. What? Why do we not get credit for it? What? Well, but in in Doug's case, did the Eagles do a number on him on the way out the door? Is is I guess yeah, maybe. Yeah. yeah, I think the uh, the whole tank game too didn't help his legacy as well. I think that was sort of a whole ugly incident. One thing I will admit, you mentioned Ryan Paganetti. I thought this was interesting. He Ryan Paganetti. Uh, for those of you who don't know, was the guy in Doug's ear uh, during games, to, you know, sort of advising him on go for it calls, uh, even on third, like third and nine, he'd be like, okay, well, if we get to like fourth and two, then that's a go for it situation, et cetera. Um, after Doug and his staff was like, oh, Paganetti wasn't retained either. Paganetti uh, opened a Twitter account and yeah. would comment on games during games about the analytics and decisions and, and, and so forth. He deleted his Twitter account. A, like a like a week or two ago and my mind to, immediately went to yeah. oh wow doug doug's gonna get a job somewhere because yeah. he's gonna bring ryan yeah. with him and uh, ryan deleted his twitter account and then uh last week or so uh paganetti's twitter account back up <laughs> <laughs> so so i was wondering oh does that mean uh no job for doug yeah, so i just thought that was now, ryan funny. has been on on the show with Has us he? a couple okay. times and yeah yeah, he wants, you know, he wanted to calm it down because he was being very honest. He was a great Twitter follow, you know, because if Doug gets a job, he'll probably bring him in. So it's understandable. Um, but you're right. I mean, it, it, it's a matter of um, 
the Eagles had such an impact on it. You see it every week now. I mean, if, if you don't go on fourth and two and you're on the plus side of the field, you get lambasted oh, yeah. on, on social media. <laughs> and yeah. the Eagles were a big part changing the Eagles thinking. Doug Peterson was a big part of that. Ryan was a big part of it. And we have the same group think in the NFL. It's the same five names, Jimmy. Everybody enters the interviews the first five names. And if they don't get them, then they start trickling down to the Nick Sirianni's of the world. Mm-hmm. Is there a problem? People thought, obviously, there's a large problem, disparity in hiring minorities. What is the bigger problem in the NFL? That group think? The inability to do anything different, to consider anybody else than the guys that are deemed, I'd like to call them, if you're a Zoolander fan, Hansel, they're the hot candidates right (laughs) Right. now. Every year it's the same thing. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I didn't answer your Jonathan Gannon question before about the Houston job, uh, so I'll get to that real quick. But uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't I don't cover the Houston Texans, but. You know, I'd been, I'd read often enough that Josh McCown was sort of the favorite for that job, and if it's not him, then it could be Jonathan Gannon. I do wonder if the Eagles would. I mean, there are so many like qualified defensive coordinators that are now kind of free agents at this point. Zimmer, I don't know if uh, that's a great fit, but um, you know, guys Vic like Fangio. Vic Fangio yeah. and uh, and Brian Flores, if he doesn't get another head coaching job, now Wink Martindale's out there. Uh, so I wonder if. The Eagles wouldn't mind so much if like Jonathan Gannon got, got a head coaching job somewhere else and, and could maybe view one of those other guys as an upgrade. But Gannon sort of fits the mold of what you're talking about on your next question in terms of sort of off the radar hires, maybe not so much groupthink because, I mean, you look at the Eagles' defensive production in 2021, it wasn't great. And uh, the sort of the buzzwords that have kind of gone around about Gannon was that he's smart and he connects with players and, uh, you know, that kind of stuff. So, um, I don't know that he, but it's, it's, it is interesting that he got three interviews. So maybe there was a little bit of a group thing going on there. He got one interview and sort of snowballed from there. Uh, but yeah, as far as, uh, the group thing goes in the NFL, I do think that, um, you know, old ideas kind of die hard in the NFL and, and it takes a little while for, for new ideas to be, you know, widely accepted and you have to see, you know, sustain success for, for those new ideas to, to sort of get adopted like Doug with the fourth down, go forward situations. And I think that kind of trickles over into the head coaching, uh, you know, hiring process that um, you need to see some teams have uh, success with sort of off the radar hires before you start seeing more teams go down that road. And we, I think we've kind of started to see that a little bit with, with, with some recent hires, like, um, uh, like uh, Brandon Staley had a, had a decent year as a first year head coach kind of faltered a little bit down the stretch, but whatever. Um, and then you have, you know, sort of the guys like uh, like McVeigh and, uh, you know, right on down the line. But, um, yeah, it'll, it'll be interesting to see. It's kind of odd to me that no hires have been made at all yet. Normally yeah. you see at least a, yeah. a few by now, but none of them, none of them have, have come down the pike yet. So I'm just kind of in wait and see mode and, and, you know, in terms of like where these guys sort of land. But the Giants had an interesting thing. I, like, it's always interesting to me when there's a guy I never heard of that gets the head coaching job. And I can't even think of what his name is. Lou, Lou something, the Giants. Lou Donamiro, yeah. Uh, I don't I don't, yeah. I mean, I don't know who he was. So, yeah, it seems like these guys are, are are spreading a little bit of a wider net than they did previously. All right. Since you went there, Jimmy, I want to follow up on something you touched on. And, Johnny Mac, if you want to chime in, please do. But I'll start with Jimmy. You mentioned 
Tankapalooza, last game of the season <laughs> yeah. in Doug's last year and what went down there. And it could actually be having an effect on the way Doug is judged at this point. Everybody worked at you guys at your job. I'm doing it from afar as to how it came down that the unstoppable Nate Sudfeld got into that game. Was it something that was planted as a seed in Doug's head? Was it something that was hammered home in Doug's head? This would be advantageous for us to lose the game, coach. Was it something that Doug just decided to do on his own because he's a loyal guy and Sudfeld's good in the room? And we heard little variations of all the stories uh, when it happened. Give me what you believe the most. Kemsky, oh, they tanked. They, 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 yeah, they started tanking that game before that game even began because when when the inactives were announced, there was like twelve to fourteen guys on that list. Yeah. Something there was a wild number of players that they just had inactive for that game, and it was like a bunch of like you know their most important players and starters. You mean you mean like the last game of this year against <laughs> the Cowboys? Exactly, exactly like that. And then even leading up to that game, Doug said, oh, I want to get a look at Nate in this game because, yeah. <laughs> you know, he was he he's tried hard all year in practice and he's a good guy and we're going to let him play a little bit, too. So they yeah. were already greasing the skin. I always get in trouble for this, Jimmy, <laughs> but it's a great joke. So I'm going to throw it out. There OK, again. I, they treated Nate like he would make a wish stick kid, like he hadn't been <laughs> practicing. I get in a lot of trouble for that, but it's like he's an NFL player. I want to see, yeah, they treated yeah. him like. Um, and it wasn't like Hertz was playing poorly in that game when they pulled him. Uh, he was at least keeping the minute. And then as soon as Sudfeld came in, like. It was, well, he was just... playing poorly, but I think Washington was playing. Remember he missed yes. the throw in the end zone? Washington was playing so poorly. Um, I think they were surprised they were in the game. And at that <laughs> yes. point, it was so obvious. They, they just thought they were going to get rolled over. But I asked Jalen after the game if he knew he was – and he said yes. He knew he was getting taken out of the game. Yeah. So, yeah, the Eagles the Eagles definitely tanked it. But I don't know. Who who cares? <laughs> how, he's up in, how he's up in the box going, come, come on, Washington. Yeah. Exactly. We're doing everything to get you into the playoffs, you bums. Come on, take yeah. this game already. And they just wouldn't do it. By the way, Jimmy, it is Lou Anarumo, who That's is the it. current defensive coordinator <laughs> for the Cincinnati Bengals. And nobody knows him, which is a bad. And they're in the final four, which tells you about the Bengals. But yeah. Uh, so Lou's doing a good job for that team. Uh, Phillyboys.com, uh, Jimmy Kemsky, last question. Uh, from me involves um, sort of the draft and three first round picks. If I had to pin you down, obviously not players, positions. Yeah. Edge rusher, corner, quarterback. Do they start? You know, just because people say Kenny Pickett isn't worthy of being the top five. Well, we're talking about 15, 16, sure. 19 now. What do you think the Eagles' early thoughts are? Well, if they use all three of those picks, I'd be shocked if one of them wasn't yeah. an edge rusher. Shocked. So uh, that's number one on my list. It's clear that they need help there and and not even just a starter, but also depth at that position. So that's number one for me. And then, you know, at quarterback, hey, <laughs> like beauty is in the eye of the beholder. So some some people don't think that this is a, a quality quarterback draft. There might be four guys that still go in the first round of this draft and Kenny Pickett and Matt Corral. Uh, Malik Willis has a chance to go round one. Sam Howell has a chance to go round one. So there, there are going to be teams that like these quarterbacks more than, you know, maybe me, you or the 
average Joe fan. Some of these guys are going to get taken like early, like maybe even like Kenny Pickett might go top 10 for all we know. A couple guys might go uh, in the teens for all we know. And you look at draft history, like Deshaun Watson went what, like 10th? Patrick yeah. Mahomes went right around there as well. So you have these guys that, you know, maybe weren't thought of as, um, you know, like Andrew Luck type prospects coming out of college, but they had certain traits and those traits translated to the NFL and they became, you know, really good NFL players. So, yeah, I wouldn't completely rule out that they take a quarterback and with one of those three picks. Uh, maybe a little bit of a surprise that if, if you know, that if, if they saw it so much differently than the rest of the league, I think if the Eagles really liked a quarterback, they try to move up and get them as opposed to just sitting there at 15, 16, 19 and hoping that they get back to them. Uh, but yeah, I could certainly see that. But again, for me, if they keep those three perks picks, there's no way that they're not taking at least one edge rusher with those picks. All right, Jimmy, I'm going to stick with the draft and I'm going to let you do what you do. All you guys do, which is evaluate. You need to evaluate me. Here's what I mean. <laughs> we get to the draft in uh, April and a lot of people have espoused the theory and I completely followed the mindset and the thinking of it. The Eagles will probably trade one of those three picks into 2023 so that they've got a little bit more of a balance to this year, to next year. If they need a quarterback, nice to have that bullet and that asset to be able to use it, blah, blah, blah. But I did the research and that very rarely happens. The teams trade a pick in this year yeah. for a pick a year down the road. <laughs> Usually you want to trade down, you can trade down, but you move up in another round, you add picks for this year's draft. Just say, yeah, go ahead, take our pick. We'll get back to it next year. That doesn't happen often. I'm not saying it's impossible. I'm just saying there's not a great track record of it. Easier said than done. Am I overthinking this or is this a legit concern? Uh, yeah, so way easier said than done. Um, I think that you don't see it that much because those offers don't come around that often. Like the best thing that Howie did this last draft was move back from six to 12 and pick up the extra first round pick this year. Like that was, I mean, that was out, like an outstanding deal, kind of a dumb deal in my opinion from the Dolphins perspective. And I think Howie was right to snap that up and he did. And now they have, you know, an extra first round pick this year, in addition to landing Devonte Smith, by the way. So you know, if that opportunity presents itself in this draft, yeah, he's going to jump all over. I think how he's actually asked that directly in the, in the year end press conference, whether he'd be open to trading to uh for, for uh you know, 2023 first round pick. And he, he was basically like, yeah, yeah, I do that. So uh, yeah, I think they'd be more than interested to, to move one of these picks for, I mean, you, you wouldn't even just move a pick for a pick next year. You trade back and you get a pick in 2022 and then you'd get the extra pick in 2023 as well as sort of the mechanics of how that would work. Uh, but yeah, they, they'd be more than interested in, in doing that w without question. But like you said, easier said than done because you have to have a, a, a team that's willing to move up uh, to, to one of your picks at 15, 16, 19, whatever it may be. And um, you know, I, the likelihood of that happening is probably a little lower in a quarterback draft. That's maybe not as well thought of as, as other years. Uh, it's you're probably not going to find like sort of the blue trip, the blue chip prospect, at 15, 16, 19, whatever it is, that's worthy of giving up a, a first-round pick next year to go up and get. So, yeah, I, I think that's probably uh, a wishful thinking kind of scenario. I wouldn't rule it out because they'll jump on that if they have that opportunity. But more than likely, they're not gonna, like that offer isn't coming down the pike. And from the doomsday position, you know what's going to happen. They're going to trade the pick. A quarterback's going to be taken there. He's going to become the next Josh <laughs> Allen. And right. then 
Eagle fans can go crazy about it for the next decade. Uh, Jimmy, great stuff. Always a pleasure, my friend. You know we're going to get you on plenty during the offseason. Thanks for hopping on with us today. Yeah, appreciate it, guys. Thanks, Jimmy Kempsky from Philly Voice here with us on Birds 365. Yeah, I don't know what happened there. Did Jimmy not freeze up on your end? No, he was fine on my end. Okay, uh, for some reason, he things, was just yeah. stone cold frozen. That's why I, I apologize if I interrupted Jimmy and stepped on its toes because I was getting nothing. I thought yeah. we were just a complete freak out. It's a live world of streaming. It's happened to me in the past where you can hear people, they I, they totally freeze on my end. Yeah, I, I thought Jimmy was uh, absolutely off the show and uh, glad to know that uh, we didn't panic. I panicked, but uh, Xander and Johnny Mac didn't panic, nor did Jimmy Kemsky. So thank you, guys. All right, uh, we got plenty of shows still to go here. We got an hour down, but we got an hour left to play. Come back, do more on the Birds and the NFL playoffs on Birds 365. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the memories. Go for the view. It goes on forever. Go for the bubbles in your bathtub and in your drink. Go to bed whenever you want. Or don't. Go for him. Go for her. Go for the wind. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. You know you like being right. That's why you should enroll in an Independence Blue Cross plan. It's the health plan chosen. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply by more people than any other, with more doctors and hospitals, more benefits that really rock, more of the coverage you want for the right price, including free doctor visits 24-7. It's a choice you can feel good about, because when you're right, you're right. And when you've got Independence Blue Cross, you're right where you need to be. 
Call 1-844-200-2583 today to get an Independence Blue Cross plan. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Welcome back, guys. Here on Bird Street 65 on a uh, Transition Tuesday. We're transitioning to the offseason. I like it. Transition Tuesday. Uh, we had a transitional year, according to the owner, this past year. And I think they're still transitioning. How he didn't completely move away from that. But he did say, um, after the season they had by making the playoffs, it might not be as transitional as maybe they thought 12 months prior. Um, but uh, we're transitioning into offseason mode here. Here on Birds 365, we're now week of remove from the Eagles uh, not playing. We had the unbelievable divisional weekend. For uh, your truly's opinion, the greatest football weekend I've ever seen. And I've been watching the NFL for 50 years. But I've got this to run by you, J-Mac. And I was surprised by this. Uh, I saw it, looked it up right before we got on the air today. I got it from Sports Business Journal, and they're pretty good about putting these type of things up on uh, their site. What do you think was the highest rated playoff game so far this year in the NFL? Well, it's got to be Bill's Chiefs, doesn't it? Um, otherwise, I would have to go Packers 49ers, but I'm going Bill's Chiefs. Not the Bill's Chiefs. Take another guess. Um, then I would go Packers 49ers, not the Packers 49ers, then go Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay, um, Rams. Are we going back to wildcard weekend? Oh yeah. Oh, Hmm. Um, I don't know. You got to give it to me. That's amazing to me though. Star on the helmet. Oh, Cowboy. Yeah. Uh, duh. Yeah, and and that truthfully it was an exciting yeah. game. You had the last play with yeah. uh, Dak screwing it up, but it really wasn't. It wasn't near as exciting as the games we had this weekend. Twenty twenty hindsight, you make the you're watching it in the moment. You're not evaluating. Oh, I need to stay tuned because this is so good. You know, it's a very good game, but it's not a great game. So I'll tune out. So the way I'm laying it out is probably a little bit unfair, but. After the fact, it's not even close to one of the best playoff games that we've seen this year. No, but it is, it the, the it is the, it's the brand. You know, you just brought up 
when you're telling your story about Lee Mazzilli with the Yankees. It's the brand. There's certain teams that are, and it drives Eagles fans crazy, understandably so, but that brand is, um, it's, it's above everybody else's. And that's where Jerry Jones is a Hall of Famer. He's not a Hall of Fame general manager. No. He's a Hall of Fame businessman for the NFL and certainly for himself as well. Um, yeah, that brand is by far the biggest one in the NFL and the biggest one in the world, by the way. Uh, it is, if you go to Sports Business Journal, as you mentioned, if you go to Forbes, they do the valuation of not only professional sports teams, but European soccer teams, which are tremendously valued. Manchester United, whatever, Real Madrid, Dallas Cowboys are always number one. The Chiefs Bills came back at a 34.5 rating, 34.5 million. In Kansas City, it did a 90 share. Yeah, I saw that. That's where I went. 90 share in Kansas City. So nine out of 10 televisions. What are those other people doing, by the way? <laughs> unbelievable at the time we're watching, and especially the end. They, I think they put up some kind of weird. Uh, did they say how many people were watching at the peak, Jody? Uh, yep. Yeah. Uh, well, no, 90 was the peak. It was 85 for the overall uh, over the game. No, right? but I mean total viewers. Did they put the peak viewers? Um, no, just a percentage in Kansas City. They did a 34.5 overall rating the week before. The Cowboys did a 41.5 no. for, for a wild card game. It's not a Super Bowl, it's a wild card game. The Cowboys did a 41.5. And the other numbers I thought were interesting those percentages of the TVs in the towns I did get those Bucks, Rams, Tampa, 87%. Uh, watch the uh, Bucks in L.A. only 60. Well, that's L.A. for you. They're not yeah. that great an NFL town to begin with, and that's why they're making sure that only L.A. residents can buy the handful of tickets that are available. By the way, 60 is not bad, you know, for normal uh, television programs. 60 is oh, not bad. Compared to anything else on network television, of course, it's great, but um, you got to compare apples to apples, and that's the other market. And I'll give you the other numbers. Milwaukee for uh, Green Bay's game, 78%. Of that's the low to me. To the I would have guessed way higher than that in 78. Um Cincinnati, 75% of the TVs uh, tuned to it. In uh, as a matter of fact, uh, both the uh, finishers are tied. San Francisco, sixty-seven percent, and Nashville. What the hell? Did they have some kind of big country act playing down at the uh, Grand Old Opry that people were down there watching? Only sixty-seven percent in Nashville. So that was a little bit of a surprise. But comparing again, apples to apples, divisional round last year compared to this year, up twenty percent. If you're up 5% from year to year, you're happy. If you're up 10%, you're ecstatic. The NFL's well, up 20% uh, uh, again, from last year. It's, it's apples to apples. If you compare it to, to the oranges, everybody else, if you're down 5% in the current environment, you're thrilled. Uh, if you're anybody else but the NFL. Uh, golden goose for TV. That's why the TV rights keep going up and going up. It's the only thing they can count on. 
live sports and certainly the NFL uh, to a, a larger degree than anything else. Yeah, it's amazing, the popularity of this league. And that's why I say all the when you complain about it, that's why they don't change anything, because you never turn it off. Now, here's what I'm going to ask you to theorize a little bit with me, because I was on Sports Business Journal and checking out those ratings, and I did see this as well. Um, the NFL overall, the ratings were up this year, um, but 11 of the 32 teams were actually down – from their rating mark, they break them out individually. They have the overall number of all the games, everything watched, and then they have the individual teams and their rating number nationally, not locally, but nationally. If they're not offered nationally, then they can't be seen national. But when they are offered nationally, that's their number. 11 of the 32 teams were actually down from the year that they had previously. One of those teams was the Philadelphia Eagles. They were actually down 5% in their viewing this year. And that's, as I said, it's a national number. It's not just Philly number, but you know that the Philly fans in this market drive the bus on that number. It was actually down 5%. Last year, they had gone 4-11-1. This year, they made the playoffs. And out of the teams that were down, there was only one who was down more than them who actually made the playoffs. They were down 5%. There are a handful of teams that were down even more than that, only one. The Steelers were down a higher percentage than they were last year. Why do you think the Eagles number was actually down? Um, my guess, purely a guess because I haven't seen it, is that it was from early in the season. I think there was a lot of, uh, um, you know, a lot of people thought this was going to be a really bad football team uh, locally. Um and I think it probably rebounded late when they realized, huh, they're not that bad. But I always, you know, the Eagles fans are pretty spoiled. I, I say it all the time. It's not Green Bay level of spoil. But this generation since, you know, 99 is my demarcation line when Andy Reid got here. Um, that generation uh, expects the Eagles to be good and will not accept anything else. Uh, and when you're coming off before, 11 and one season, there's some disinterest that creates some disinterest. I remember in this town, and I'm sure you remember, you know, I, I still remember the number 17077. That's how many fans the Flyers would draw to every game, every single game. And you look at now, you see on social media, Different generation, not the same fan base, um, really bad team. I never thought I'd see the day. You, know, you have the pandemic as well that enters into it. You have all these hoops you got to jump through to get in the game. All these things. There's a lot of context to it. But I never thought I'd see the day where the Flyers would have trouble filling up that building. Well, they are having trouble filling up that building. And, you know, the Eagles fans – they don't remember Marion Campbell. They don't remember the bad years. They don't remember uh, bad football. Uh, and when they're coming up before win season, they're covering this team every day in training camp. There was a lot less juice than there usually was. And then there's Birds 365 streaming. We kill their ratings as well. You think so? We're, we're yeah. dragging them down? Yeah. yeah don't. 
don't quite uh, go with you there on that one. Two things. Number one, you're absolutely dead on about the Flyers. I had my buddy Anthony Sanfilippo who covers the Flyers for Crossing Board on my show last night on uh, WIP. And he said, Jody, the building wasn't half full last night. It's amazing. Said, Never thought I'd see it. Under 10,000, because it holds about 18 when full. He said it was certainly under 10. It might have been under nine, which would have been less than half full. Entire sections open. Uh, and the Flyers, of course, have lost 12 games in a row. So a very fair reason to not show up for the Flyers right now. But you're right, forever. That's It doesn't matter. They have a loyal fan base that goes, come heck or high water, no matter how much the team stinks. Not as much this year as as previously, and yes, I think you you I'll I'll state it differently, but I'm making the same point you did. The ratings are always dictated, are mostly dictated by what happened the year before. It takes a year to set in. So when the Eagles went for eleven and one, they knew they were going to pay for it the year after because people mostly buy the tickets well in advance. So. Uh, last year when they were a poor team, yeah, but they had won a Super Bowl, made the playoffs, made the playoffs three years prior to. So people are buying those tickets and generating that interest and uh, believing in the team coming in. After a 4-11-1 team, everyone's going to go, oh, what happened? We kind of stunk last year. Uh, do, do I have to like scale back a little bit my interest in this team? Because do I want to watch another bad? I paid for it last year by watching that bad team all year long. Do I want to make that same kind of commitment? Yeah, you don't you don't think of it that way, but it really has shown up over the years in the results. It's a year later. You pay for things a year later, or you continue to benefit and you don't pay for things in a bad year because the year previous had been good. So there's like a drag effect on it. And I was surprised that the Eagles were actually down. I I wrote it down. Let me give you the uh, teams who are way off. Houston. Any great surprise there with Deshaun Watson? I don't think so. Uh, Seattle was way down. They fell off the face of the earth. Uh, Giants, uh, the major loss in interest. Chicago, not good. And there's some major markets there. That's but yet the NFL was up 20%, despite the fact that these major markets had massive drop-offs. That tells you how big they were in other places. Pittsburgh was down more and Atlanta was down more. Uh, But the the Eagles were off by uh, 5%. Um, So there was a a drop-off this year, but it should build back up. On the strength of Jalen Hurts being their quarterback, we'll find out. All right, uh, Mac guys here on Birds 365. Still got plenty of time to chat you up. I want to get back in. We haven't even started the look ahead to this weekend's playoff action. Um, I do want to ask John again about the quarterback thing. We did this last night on my show. I want to run it by you about um, the fact that the results were the results. Everybody's, oh, my God, we don't have a quarterback in uh, Jalen Hurts who can compare to Allen and Mahomes. But there were a couple of results this past weekend that you can actually paint with an optimistic brush. Uh, that's not always my want, but I want to do it again. Uh, we'll the try Jonathan here. Gannon brush, optimistic. I don't think I'm even in the same ballpark with Jonathan Gannon when it comes to optimism, but I'm going to try next here on Birds 365. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the memories. Go for the view that goes on forever. Go for the bubbles in your bathtub. 
and in your drink. Go to bed whenever you want. Or don't. Go for him. Go for her. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. You know you like being right. That's why you should enroll in an Independence Blue Cross plan. It's the health plan chosen by more people than any other. With more doctors and hospitals. More benefits that really rock. More of the coverage you want for the right price, including free doctor visits 24-7. It's a choice you can feel good about. Because when you're right, you're right. And when you've got Independence Blue Cross, you're right where you need to be. Call 1-844-200-2583 today to get an Independence Blue Cross plan. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. You've got Mac and Mac here on the Jacob Media YouTube channel on Birds 365. Do us a favor, punch that like button. What should they do, John? Like, share, and subscribe. I was or... just putting up my head coaching predictions, Jody. My current predictions. How often do you do that? Uh, I think that's the second time. I just All right, like run, them, run them down for me. Uh, I felt like giving uh, old takes exposed something to uh, tweet uh, okay. down the road. All right, I'll give them to you. Chicago Bears. I'm going with Matt Eberflus. Denver Broncos. Nathaniel Hackett. Houston Texans. Jonathan Gannon. You're trying to get your boy JG out of town. I don't get it. Jacksonville Jaguars. Now it's just what I think is going to happen. Byron Lepwich. Yeah, I like that one. Uh, Las Vegas Raiders. I have no stinking idea. Can't get a beat on that team. Ever. Uh, Miami Dolphins, Vance Joseph. Minnesota Vikings, Kevin O'Connell. New York Giants is the easiest one of Brian Dayball. So, uh, and that's it? You, you ran them down all? That's it. That's all of them. Here's the question I would have to you after you run them down as that. 
Flora's not getting a gig. Not right now. I don't see a path. I do not see a path for Brian Flores. And if that's the way that it shakes out, basically, I would say. Now, the Raiders, I don't know. I don't, maybe. I mean, right. You I haven't put know. the Raiders into the mix yet. Um, if it's me just sitting back and analyzing it, I would say that since right now no one has hired their new coach, that means that eight teams have failed. Because even though you and I are both Doug Peterson fans and want to see him get a job and can understand why he's not in the mix from Flores is the leading candidate. That's my estimation. Is he a better fit with some more than others? Sure. Any team that's looking for head coach right now, they've got choices of anybody because nobody signed. Yeah, that would be a failure for everything for me because he's the number one candidate. And in some years, uh, at least the way I look at it, you got two or three candidates, three or four candidates. They're all close. They're all the same. Well, take the guy that's a better fit for you. You got a better offense as of right now. So he's an offense. Uh, no, he's the best candidate. He, there's him. And then they start to come down in a pecking order. And you don't think the number one candidate, that's my opinion. That's my ranking of him. You don't think he's going to get a gig, huh? No, I'm looking at it because I keep this little tracker of who interviews where because it gets, um, I'm trying to see where he's interviewed. Uh, Chicago interviewed him um, on on January 14th, so really early in the process. Um, Denver did not interview him. They're already down to the finalists. Houston interviewed him uh, early. Uh, there was some speculation there because of his history with Nick Cesario, but that is sort of seems to have wavered. Jacksonville did not interview him. Um, the Raiders have not, but they just got started. Uh, the Dolphins did no, not. They, well, they kind of fired him, so I don't yeah, think they're, yeah, they're, 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 they're going to yeah. re-interview him. Yeah, I was just going down. I'm not thinking. The uh, Looking at the list, you're right, obviously. The Vikings um, did not. The Giants did. Or are expected. I don't know if the Giants. The Giants, there was talk, but I don't know if it ever happened. Right. I never and, confirmed that. And the reason why I, I like your line of thinking is, the Giants just hired the uh, assistant general manager, yeah, the, uh, exactly. Bills. Bills, and yeah. Dable's been there the last couple of years. I, and I like Dable, and I think he's a legit candidate. I think he pales in comparison to Flores. Uh, the Giants and all these other teams who haven't brought him in for an in interview, I think, are making a major mistake. Um, uh, he's, for me, the runaway best candidate this offseason. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm 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 the first admit to admit I I have no idea if any of these guys are going to be good head coaches. It's tough to uh, speculate. You know, again, I'll go back to Nick Sirianni. A lot of people laughed at the Eagles. Like he ended up being the best head coach. Go back to 2016. Everybody killed the Eagles. They got the best head coach in that class. Um, I've seen too many Adam Gazes who. People told me, oh, this guy's an offensive genius. He's one of the worst head coaches I've ever seen on two different occasions. Um, you know, the, the problem with head coaches is so much is intangible. So much is leadership. So much is the ability to get people to on the same page. And, you know, how do you measure that? How do you put a picture? I don't, I don't you know, 
you can look at somebody's offensive scheme, defensive scheme. It's not going to tell you if they're going to be a good head coach. It's not. It's going to tell you probably if they're going to be a good coordinator uh, somewhere. You know, Todd Bowles would be my most example of that. I wasn't happy with him uh, this weekend, but overall he's a pretty darn good coordinator uh, over a large sample size. I know you didn't think he was a good head coach. I know a lot of Jets fans didn't think he was a good head coach. Um, More to it than scheme. And that's where you get that adage, you know, if you're hiring a scheme, you're doing it wrong. I'll give you the two reasons why I'm as big a Flores fan as I am. And they came to fruition in the second half of this season. I thought he was a good hire when they hired him. I thought he did a pretty damn good job last year. Won 10 games last year. Dolphins didn't make the playoffs, but he won 10 games last year. And this year, he won seven games in a row. Now, granted, he lost seven games in a row, too. But he won seven games in a row. And that's not good enough to keep your job. They end up losing in week 17. Because, yeah, we played 17, so it was week 18. So they lose in week 17. And it uh, eliminates from them from the playoffs. Week 18. Patriots still playing for the potential to win that division. The Dolphins, having been eliminated from playoff contention, have every right to to go out and just flat out lay an egg and not play well. And he goes and beats Belichick last week of the season when Belichick is still desperate to win and he's got nothing to do. Florence goes and beats him and he's not the top coaching candidate. All right, I'll give you more. Are you, uh, I think you and I touched on this from time to time on the show. How big a uh, pro football talk fan are you? Um, eh, not that big. Really? Do I a, am. Well, I, it's mainly from, uh, uh, that's a bigger conversation. Mainly, you know, <laughs> I'll, I'll just leave it there. Okay, not a you're, you're not as big a fan. I think, I, I think Florio's got good sources. I think he's a good writer. I'm on it umpteen times a day, every day. Um, and he fleshed something out last week, 10 days ago, whenever it was, which I think just pointed to what Flores had to deal with. Um, the whole Deshaun Watson to Miami thing season goes, they lose late. They don't make the playoffs. Here come the stories about the coach desperately wanted the Dolphins to trade for, uh, uh, Deshaun Watson. Deshaun. That no one else in the organization. It was all about the coach coming in and banging his fists on the table. You got to get me Deshaun Watson, which Florio threw the flag on. Go. That's just not true. As w- he was reporting on the story during the season, he was getting. It was all about Ross, Stephen Ross, who then threw a monkey wrench into it and said, "Oh, we'll take Deshaun. They worked the deal out, but." He's got to get all his lawsuits settled before we make the deal. Well, in other words, you're not making the deal. But Ross was doing all that negotiating, and they had stories planted with guys like Adam Schefter to tell the tale that they want told, which was, oh, it wasn't us. Well, no, no, we weren't doing it. It was a coach who definitely. So we, to appease the coach, had to go out and try as hard as we could for Detroit Watson. And it just wasn't true. So, like, two days later, Chef had to come out with a cover his rear end uh, tweet of, well, no, I'm now being told that the entire organization was behind the uh, desired acquisition of Deshaun Watson. It was the, the owner who wanted Deshaun Watson, 
not the general manager, not the coach. They were all in the loop, but the driving force was Ross, and he wanted to wash his hands on it of it. So let's stick it on the coach. Let's fire his rear end, and we'll make him the 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 fall guy for us. Uh, first of all, wanting to get to Sean Watson, and then not being able to get to Sean Watson. So the guy got screwed too on the way out the door. And if you have to work for an owner like that. That tells me that uh, you've got a chance to work for any owner in the league. That's one of the reasons why I like uh, Flores as much as I do. I think he was painted with an ugly brush that he didn't deserve down in Miami. Well, I will say this, and we kind of talked about it. Well, a couple things. You went into to how the sausage was made, and I, I it's our buddy Mike Sealski. I'll give him credit for this term, um, information brokers. So a lot of, you know, a lot of the things that Adam Schefter and insert name and any other sport, you know who they are, uh, get the information they get is because they're handed the information by powerful people, whether it's owner GM and it's sort of a trade-off. It's not traditional reporting where you get, you know, double sourced. It's, you know, it's handed. It's a, it's right. a, it's a mutually beneficial relationship. Um, and what we talked about with Doug Peterson is the second part of it. Well, that's a big part of being a head coach in this league. And if you can't get along with the owner, you're not going to be a head coach in this league. Um, and that's one of those intangibles. Like you can't put a number on that. You can't say, well, he's 31st in the league or he's first in the league at getting along with his owner. You can't do it. There's not a list like that, McMullen. You can't find that anywhere on the internet. Come on. You know where to find it. So we we put on, you know, is is Jeffrey Lurie, and I don't believe he is, as I said. Is he trying to disparage Doug Peterson when people make that call? I don't know 100%. I don't think he is. I know they tried to spin their way out of firing a Super Bowl winning coach. And they said some negative things in that fashion. And maybe that has carried over. Well, if the owner doesn't like you and you're not getting along with the owner and all of a sudden owners talk to owners and they start saying, well, what, what, what am I getting with Brian Flores and Stephen Ross? And I don't know if this happened, but that's the, that was the spin coming out of South Florida. I don't have that. First, it was Chris Greer. It had nothing to do with Chris Greer, the GM. It had to deal with the owner and the relationship with the owner. So if, you know, some of these teams who have interviewed Brian Flores are calling up Stephen Ross and he said, this guy's a pain in the you-know-what. You can't get along with him. Um, too headstrong. All that kind of stuff. Well, that's going to limit you. That's going to limit you, but nobody knows that other than some of the more empirical evidence that you put out there about, look, if you win 10 games, you should never be fired. If you, if you win a Super Bowl, the only franchise in Super Bowl history, guess what? You shouldn't be fired three years after the fact. Shouldn't be. You don't get along with the boss. You're going to get fired. Yeah. uh, Things can accelerate. Um, I did want to ask you about this because this came kind of out of left field, at least for me yesterday. Um, that Sean Payton might take a break from the New Orleans Saints. It's again, big picture, you knew it was always a possibility, but unless someone is reporting it directly, you kind of forget that it's a possibility. 
that grabbed me this week with the whole Brady retiring thing. Because we got through the entire season and nobody asked Brady or brought it up with Brady or put Brady on the spot about it, about him potentially retiring. And then it was almost like somebody had a football crystal ball and the Bucks were going to lose and say, let me get this story out there before everybody else brings it up. Because after you're losing, the season's over, people's attention's turned to. Well, would Tom actually think about retiring? I give credit to whoever broke the story or speculated on the story before the game leading up to the week before about, you know, Brady could walk away. And I had not given it a, a moment's thought. Uh, but if he does walk away, give credit to the guy who went above and beyond before the game and before they got beat. Same thing with Sean Payton. Sean Payton's, uh, I think he, wasn't he the first NFL head coach to get COVID two years ago? And he had to go into isolation and like, he got it again this year. He's had some health issues from time to time. He's got player issues down there in New Orleans. I think of him as one of the best coaches in the NFL. He got one Super Bowl and uh, others have gotten more only than him. One. <laughs> All right. was, only one. But he's I been in the, laugh at that. Yeah. He's been Very in hard the to win a Super Bowl. several others. But yeah. right, he does have one that there aren't that many guys who can actually say that. Um, that he might look to either walk away, retire, or take a year off, or see if the Saints want to try and trade him to another team and get something in return if he wants to go on with it. It sounds kind of like the Aaron Rodgers situation in Green Bay. Could retire, could stay put, could kind of force a trade. What do you make of this uh, kind of evolving Sean Payton, not a lock to be the Saints head coach story? Well, I think that would, you know, I just mentioned I put out my coaching predictions. That would upheave everything if he did say, I want out. Um, and I want to go to a different organization. There would be a lot of teams in that line uh, to try to get Sean Payton, starting with everyone for years has speculated Dallas because he lives there. Jerry loves him. Everybody talks about it. Dallas has 47 head coaches in waiting, uh, basically, at all times because nobody stops talking about that team. Um Look, I don't know. You know, when you have Drew Brees for that long, like it's tough. It's tough. You go, do I want to go through this again? Do I want to, do I want, you know, they did a great job uh, getting as close as they did with Taysom Hill, the, all the issues, Trevor Simeon, um, which kind of tells you the coach uh, Sean is, but it's so much harder when you don't have the Drew Brees uh, behind the line of scrimmage and, you can do so many different things. And I think guys just get tired and they say, do I want to go through this again? It's like, you know, when people are speculating Aaron Rodgers, if he's going to stay in Green Bay, if he's going to leave, the one thing he said, he doesn't want to go to a rebuild. He doesn't want to go to a team that's not in a position to win. Same thing with coaches. Um, they don't want to go to somebody who doesn't have a quarterback, who doesn't have a certain situation at the quarterback. And how many coaches – are in trouble that have good quarterbacks. Very few because that's the secret sauce. And again, we just talked about. It doesn't surprise me he's thinking about end of the day though, Jody, I think he, he's not even 60 years old. I think he's 57, 58, somewhere in that range. I, I don't think he's retiring. I'll say that. May he want 
to see the, the greener grass on the other side of the fence, yeah, he might want to go to a situation where they have a quarterback or at least a young quarterback that can develop because it doesn't look good right now in New Orleans at that particular position. You're right. You look at the steps that he had to take. <clears throat> Excuse me. He had Dubrees, and he didn't have Dubrees anymore because he retired. So he goes with Jameis Winston. Oh, that's a drop-off. But it's not off the off the table. It's just a pretty big step backwards. And then Jameis gets hurt. So you got to go to Taysom Hill, who you got to know is not a starting quarterback in the National Football League, but he's your third quarterback from where you were just however many games previous at the end of the last season. And then Taysom Hill gets hit. So you're now trotting Trevor Simeon out there. You've gone from Drew Brees to Jameis Winston to Taysom Hill to Trevor Simeon. And, yes, that's who the Eagles beat. And that's the reason that the Eagles did make the playoffs because the Saints finished with the same records as the Eagles. But the Eagles got it because they beat him head up. They beat Trevor Simeon. Um, yeah, I can see where it sets in that he goes – yeah, this is not too rosy a picker. I don't know how many more years I want to do this overall. So if I can weasel my way out of town into a better situation with a better quarterback, I kind of rode Drew Brees' coattails for a whole bunch of success down there in New Orleans. Let me see if I could hop on somewhere else. Who do you think would fall into that category? If all of a sudden it, uh, there's an announcement this week that um, yeah, the Saints are willing to talk about trading Sean Payton, who do you think would be the team's calling? Well, everybody. <laughs> and that's why, you know, not obviously. The Can- not the Kansas City Chiefs. No, I meant the teams. I'm sorry. The teams that have an opening right now. The eight of um, eight that have the opening, yeah. right. Um, and, you know, remember, they have more information than we do. So we talk about nobody's hired. Maybe they're slow playing. Maybe they have information. I I don't think that's the case. I think more so because the NFL is very concerned uh, about how things look from a public relations standpoint when teams identify coaches that they don't, that people outside the NFL world don't deem worthy. You know, Jonathan Gannon took a lot of hits like this because he's a very young guy. Um, People say he doesn't deserve to be in the position he's in. Um, whereas you have older, um, proven coordinators. Um, David Culley, a perfect example of a guy who did a good job by everyone's estimation, and he gets fired. Why? Because because he was hired to be a, a, a bridge to begin with. And unfortunately, that looks bad on the league because one is a minority and one isn't if that's the way the Houston Texans go. So it comes off poorly. Um, but if, if Sean Payton becomes available, we just talked about, like, I don't know what the Raiders are going to do. Well, start there, right there. I mean, that's a pretty good quarterback. Um, Derek Carr, um, not great. Not not in the upper echelon, but certainly right there, probably in tier two. Um, I think Sean Payton could do some things. Um, you know, Dallas, Jerry Jones, they don't have an opening. You know, he, he does live in Dallas. Jerry loves him. He used to be the assistant head coach there. People forget before he went to New Orleans, it's been so long, um, has always wanted Sean Payton back in the family, so to speak. I don't think it would be hard for 
Jerry Jones to fire Mike McCarthy if Sean Payton became available. Um, but in short, if you have an avenue to get out of where you are, there aren't a lot of coaches. You know, the, the you know, it starts with Bill and Andy, and you know the coaches that are entrenched. But there aren't a ton of those, and it starts making you think, well, if I can do better, um, you start thinking about doing better. I, and I already know the answer to this question, but I'll let you get on the record with it. Um, Vegas or Dallas, if you're Peyton, not that you have control, but you can. Oh, he would go to Dallas. I mean, he lives there. He still has a home there. He loves it there. He he would just um, put that aside. Just purely talking about roster in place, ownership, uh, everything else above and beyond the fact that he was a former cowboy, whatever. Just evaluating the position that you're moving into, which is the better job, uh, taking over the Cowboys, taking over the Raiders. Uh, they're neither are great organizations. So I, then you just uh, break it down to talent facilities and, you know, everything's first class in Dallas. And, you know, the Raiders. Pretty nice a, stadium in Vegas. Yeah. I mean, I was there. It's not AT&T Stadium, even the stadium. And not not eighteen. Dallas says, you know, again, people. I I I <laughs> I've complimented Dallas too much for an Eagles show, but they have first class everything, everything. I mean, one thing, uh, it's ridiculous. I joked, you know, when we were down there this year, we were doing a little video hit for Sports Illustrated, and 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 Martin was doing one for uh, the Wilmington News Journal. And uh, we were talking to um, uh, one of the employees taking the elevator down to the field to do the hit. Uh, and we just happened to be talking. And I have these nice blazers on. Like, you know, weird. You don't, you, you don't see employees at a sporting event in a three-piece suit. They all have these blazers. On. They're, they're tailored for the employees. Tailored. Not just, you know, not just hand them out. Not off the rack. No. tailored. Yeah. Um, everything. The star, if you've ever seen the star on All or Nothing, I forget if it was on Amazon. You probably remember, Joe, Jody. No, it was on they, uh, the, the HBO show. Yeah, Hard, Hard Knocks. The, they did the, they drone, the drone shot. camera do yeah. the whole thing. Yeah. I mean, that thing is unbelievable. Uh, it is the only facility that compares to it is Minnesota's, which is why that's a good place. Uh, and then the money, um, Jerry's always winning. The problem with Dallas is he's too involved with personnel and he's too involved with making those decisions, but everything's first class and the Raiders are the Raiders. I mean, I don't want to say an NFL owner is poor, because everything is relative and compared to you and me and everybody else, uh, Mark Davis has a lot of money compared to an NFL owner. Mark Davis is a pulp. He's a four. Jerry Jones says, you know, he's up there with Stan Kroenke and all those guys. So just from that perspective, yeah, it's Dallas. And Oh, by the way, it's funny because uh, at least I saw it reported this past week. Mark Davis's main confidant in the NFL, Jerry Jones. Yeah. That Al and uh, Jerry had become buddies in Al's later stages in life. 
And he passed that along to Mark. And Mark and Jerry became buddies. And when, like, they're looking for a coach right now and Jerry isn't or says he isn't because Mike McCarthy's still on the contract, uh, he'll consult the guy like Jerry Jones. Well, that's Oh, everybody. Well, that's the brilliance of Jerry Jones. Um, for people that don't know this, he's got a stadium company. So anytime the NFL builds one of these new stadiums, like he's got his finger in that because his company is controlling uh, things like concessions and things like that. So when you see Allegiant Stadium, SoFi Stadium, U.S. Bank Stadium, Mercedes-Benz, on and on and on, Jerry's making money off them too. It's unbelievable. He and is. that's why, you know, business The all-time man. number one businessman. Nobody's arguing that. All right, here's something I want to argue with uh, over the last 15 minutes of the show here today. Um, yes, most people, after watching the action this past weekend, the best weekend in the history of the National Football League with some tremendous quarterback play, looking at it through an eagle perspective, said, yikes, the birds are that much further away than maybe I thought they were when they got into the playoffs, tanked the last game. It didn't even have to play the last game. We're already in the playoffs. We're moving right along here. Things are looking up. And then they got their doors blown out by Tampa Bay. And you had this past weekend where the quarterback play was on a level, certainly much higher than anything Jalen Hurts showed this week. I could see the downside. I can understand where the people were coming from that said, this does not look good from an ego perspective. But I'll give you some spin, Johnny Mac, and I'll readily admit ahead of time, it's a little on the spin side. Tom Brady might walk away. He could retire. And if Tom Brady walks away, who's the quarterback of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? We know what the Bucs were for a decade plus till Brady showed up. Then he showed up. They won a Super Bowl. They beat the snot out of the Eagles in the playoffs. I thought they were going to beat the Rams this week. They didn't. Shame on their defense. Shame on Todd Bowles. But Tom Brady made Tampa relative, uh, relative again in the NFL. They weren't until he showed up there for more than a decade. He walks out the door. Guess what? Back, right back to non-relevant. That's a good thing for the Eagles. Tampa's in the AFNFC. They're a team that the Eagles couldn't get by this year. Had to play in the playoffs. It was a blowout. I don't know if he's going to retire or not, but at least it's being talked about, which means you can cross your fingers, Eagle fans. Tampa could come back to the pack. Aaron Rodgers could retire or could force his way out of town in a trade. Now, if the Packers trade him, I asked this of a guess I had this weekend on CBS, so I'll ask you. I thought, yes, Rob. Could be. Was it? Monty. Was it Marty yesterday? What do you think they're going to get? Oh, yeah, it was Rob. Well, I asked the guy on my TBS show, then I asked Rob the same question. So let me ask it of John McMullen. What do you think the Packers will get in return if they trade Aaron Rodgers? It starts with two first-round picks. Um, and then because of his age, uh, you know, maybe you can start some wiggle room. Um, you know, it might be two first-round picks. Um uh, and another conditional second-round pick that can turn into a first-round pick like the Eagles did with Carson Wentz. So that's where you start three high-level picks. 
And then you might even have to throw in a player or two or a couple later uh, draft picks. You're getting a haul. You're getting a significant, significant haul. Especially now, we talked. We started the show talking about, you know, the recency bias of this game. This game is going to resonate in the NFL, um, and people look at that game. And I, I was talking to you about this before the show. Jim Irsay was up at two in the morning, uh, tweeting, um, and I'm trying to pull it up as quickly as I can, and you know. People in Philadelphia are going to take it as a shot at Carson Wentz, and to a certain degree it is. But uh, So here's what he tweeted. You can see clear as day in the final eight NFL team playoffs. You need a quarterback and offense who can score 30 or more in regulation and a defense that can hold an opponent under 30. Now, we also see San Francisco in the final eight. It's not true. They won a football game in a in a most unclassic way possible. But what I said when I read it is you could win a lot of ways, and you've heard me say this to you numerous times, Jody, that you probably are sick of it. But your margin of error is much, much smaller if you're trying to win a game like San Francisco than Green Bay. Now, on one day... In the biggest moment, it worked. But over a larger sample size, the team, the explosive team, the ability to move the football through the air is going to have the better opportunity. That's all people are saying when they say this is this is the easiest way to win. You could win a hundred different ways. But guess what, Jody? If you're if, if San Francisco and they're not, they're going to go into the NFC championship game in a domed environment, uh, pseudo-dome. There's a little opening, but you get the point. Um, as opposed to wind chill of zero degrees and all that. But they're not going to go into it saying, hey, we're going to block a punt this week. We're going to block a field goal. We're going to convert a third and nine run late, and we're going to win a football game. That's not – you're not going to do that consistently from week to week to week to week. But if you have an explosive offense, your margin of error significantly increases, not decreases. Doesn't mean you can't lose. We've seen Patrick Mahomes lose. We've seen Tom Brady lose. We've seen Aaron Rodgers lose. They lose the last game more than they win the last game. Even Tom Brady talked and, about that last week. And oh, by the way, Mr. Arce, two of the games this weekend out of the four did not have a team scoring 20 points. Yes, in the snow, in the cold, in Green Bay, San Francisco scoring via special teams, 113-10. Cincinnati, Tennessee was 1916. That wasn't uh, your 30 to my 20 either. Neither team made it to 20. So just because Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes did what they did doesn't mean that that's what you have to do to win going forward. In the national football, but it makes like, it easier. He's right. It makes it easier if you have Patrick Mahomes and you have the Kansas City four straight um, AFC Championship games, and he's in four straight again uh, championship games. Now they only got one so far. Um, you know, and we're back to that only one. Weren't the Dallas Cowboys the highest scoring team in the NFL this year? 
And and Tampa Bay had the highest passing offense. I'm saying it doesn't guarantee anything. It doesn't guarantee anything, but it makes it easier. It makes it easier. It does. I'm looking for guarantees. And I know there are no such thing as guarantees, but I think he was a little overly simplistic with his statement, but that's just me. Uh, But my point uh, that we got off was Aaron Rodgers could be in the AFC, could be retired. And if he comes out of the mix, your thoughts on Jordan Love running the Green Bay Packers back. Enjoy those six wins, Matt LaFleur. Enjoy those six wins. So, yeah, all of a sudden you're taking two big targets off the board in the NFC next year if Brady walks away and Rodgers either walks away or gets traded. That's my optimistic spin for this past weekend's playoff. Actually, I'm being too harsh now. I'm thinking about it. That division's so bad. I'm going to give Green Bay eight wins. Uh, But enjoy eight eight wins. You and I like that eight and nine record. Enjoy, yeah, enjoy. I I was going to say 500, but now it can't be 500. Enjoy slightly under 500. Yeah, just sub 500, uh, as a matter of fact. So there's my optimistic eagle slant or spin for the day. Yeah, get them out. Get them out. Brady and Rodgers, not the competition. Now, as far as the AFC goes, in Mahomes, Allen, Burroughs, Herbert. Herbert. Yeah, if you want to win a Super Bowl, you got some work cut out for you because there's some still damn good young quarterbacks over in the AFC. But why don't you get to the Super Bowl first? Then worry about winning that game. I don't think people would complain or hey, if get to the Super Bowl, then maybe you go win the Super Bowl in an unconventional fashion. They beat that Brady guy when they got there, so who knows? All right, John McMullen, Jody McDonald, we got to take our final timeout, and then we'll come back, put a bow on the show here on Birds 365. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the memories. Go for the view that goes on forever. Go for the bubbles in your bathtub and in your drink. Go to bed whenever you want or don't. Go for him. Go for her. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. You know you like being right. That's why you should enroll in an Independence Blue Cross plan. It's the health plan chosen by more people than any other. With more doctors and hospitals. More benefits that really rock. More of the coverage you want for the right price, including free doctor visits 24-7. It's a choice you can feel good about. Because when you're right, you're right. And when you've got Independence Blue Cross, you're right where you need to be. Call 1-844-200-2583 today to get an Independence Blue Cross plan.
field of life, First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. before we exit stage left, J-Mac. Uh, you were running down your coaching list earlier on guys who had interviews, hadn't had interviews. I see where it's official. The Giants are bringing Flores in on Thursday, that they reached out to him. They just hadn't had a meeting yet. Now that they got their general manager in place, they're uh, getting a little bit more locked into what uh, they're going to try and do going forward as far as the coaching position goes. Uh, I like Brian Dable. If they hire Brian Dable, the Giants, will probably be the team that I would chastise the least for not hiring Flores because the new general manager's got a pre-existing relationship with the guy Dable, who is probably going to be their next head coach. So that I would get. If you choose Dable over Flores, and I think Dable's one of the top candidates, I'm not going to bury the Giants for that. But I'll still tell you the best candidate that hasn't gotten a gig. And if he doesn't get a gig, it'll be highway robbery. Um, and did you see... Andy Reid's quotes about the opposition this week, the Cincinnati Bengals. It was no fluke that the Cincinnati Bengals beat the Kansas City Chiefs during the regular season. Not going quite all Lou Holtz on us and trying to oversell the other team and the opposition, but Andy throwing first verbal foray is, Damn, yeah, they beat us, Thorne, and no fluke. They were better yeah. than us. And, yeah. and he's playing the game, at least heading in that direction to not give the other team any bulletin board material. Yeah, well, you know, when you have to bring out the it wasn't a fluke talk, you know, you're a significant favorite, number one, and they should be a significant favorite. But, look, the Bengals have a puncher's chance because Joe Burrow's already proven it. You know, I think what was the number? 525 was his high point. He had a 500-yard passing game. When he gets it going, um, they're they're one of the few teams that could keep up with Kansas City from an offensive perspective. Jamar Chase has been maybe the best deep threat in the NFL, uh, which is a combination of a quarterback and can get him the ball and his explosive ability. And And they have great receivers as a whole. Um, it's not just chase. Um, they can score some points, so they got a puncher's chance, but man, they got to get an offensive line. Uh, the offensive, the uh, offensive coordinator said, yes, our offensive line play needs to be better this week. Oh, what was your first clue? The fifth sack, the sixth sack, the seventh sack, the eighth sack or the ninth sack that you gave up last week. Uh, I, I love it when. NFL coaches state the obvious. We we try and go above and beyond the obvious. Sometimes we achieve that. Sometimes we don't. Uh, we'll give it another shot again tomorrow because the two hours have come and gone. Uh, Johnny Mac, no zooming your life away. Uh, if you do have football work to do, uh, don't don't work too hard. Come on, it's the off season. Uh, you're, nah, you're, that, you you've already like done your two hours nah, of hard work. With me I now. get that enough from the wife. I can't get it from you, Jody. She's yeah, like, I'm, "What are you I'm, doing? I'm, what are you doing?" I'm she thinks I'm making it. up work. She I'm thinks I'm making the it wife's up. bandwagon thing. Oh. All right, partner. Uh, you'll be back here in twenty-two hours. I'll be back. 
Done deal. We'll be right back here on Birds 365. If you missed any of today's show on the Jacob Media channel, listen to the podcast on your way home. Available on YouTube, Apple, and Spotify. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure.